morning again. I'm Josh, one of the pastors here. Glad you're here this morning. And we're in a series called We Are Sent. And uh, we're looking at our mission statement. Do you know it? I wonder how many of you can, can recite it with me. We are sent, what? To love people and invite them to follow Jesus with us. Why don't you try that with me? We are sent to love people and invite them to follow Jesus with us. Last Sunday, we talked about the fact really briefly that you're sent to love. Do you know we gave out these red t-shirts that said sent to love? Anybody wear theirs this week? Were you a jerk when you wore it? No? Good. That was the only rule to get a free t-shirt. Don't be a jerk when you wear it. And if you didn't get one, if you weren't here last Sunday and you'd like one, they're out. Uh, if you take a left as you leave out in the fellowship hall on a table, feel free to grab one. Uh, they're yours. And uh, yeah, it's just a reminder to you that you're sent to love. But you know, you've been sent by Jesus and so have I. He, he's praying and uh, the night before he was crucified and in his prayer, he says to the father, he says, Lord, father, just like you've sent me, I'm sending them. And if we want to see how Jesus sent people, just look at John three seventeen, where he says, I, I wasn't, the father didn't send me to condemn the world, but to love the world and to bring hope to those who need it. And, and that's how we're sent. We're sent to love. You're sent to people in your neighborhood, people you work next to, people uh, that you come in contact with day after day. Well, today we're going to keep moving through our mission statement, and we're going to go from being sent to love to being sent to invite. Being sent to invite. You know, there's, there's different uh, levels, I think, of being sent to love. In some ways, it begins with simply uh, maybe just doing a good deed for somebody, you know, serving in a generic way. Uh, and that can remain somewhat distant, even a bit superficial. It's still a good thing. It's still helpful. It's still God-honoring. But would you agree that uh, there's a way maybe to go a little deeper than just doing a good deed for somebody? But being sent to love them and really invite them into your life in some way, shape, or form. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. Um, uh, some, some way to make a more lasting impact. So... With that, let me, let me pray, and that's where we're going this morning, sent to invite. Let me pray. Father, thanks for Jesus. Thanks for your grace to us through him. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you that you sent us just like you were sent by the Father. You were sent uh, to love people, to introduce them to your grace, uh, to serve people. Jesus, we're sent in the same way to love people and to invite them to follow you with us. And, and just like not everybody responded to your invitation, not everybody's gonna respond to ours, but uh, we're still sent to love them and care for them. So uh, remind us of that truth as well this morning. And Holy Spirit, I, I thank you that you use me. I pray against the enemy as servants, their works and effects. And uh, might you remind us of our call, of our mission as a church and as individuals. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's kind of an exciting time in the life of our church, isn't it? Uh, last Sunday, if you were here last Sunday, we had, our, had a groundbreaking celebration and it was a blast. Uh, but I was really clear, I hope, to remind you that a building really doesn't do anything for us if we're not living on mission. If we're not living out what we're sent to do, a building is a colossal waste of resources and time. Now, if we are, then it can be a great tool kind of in our belt to help us with that. And so this morning, we talked about you're sent to love last week, and then in addition, you're sent to invite, not just a drive-by good deed, but an invitation. 
more of a drive beside good deed. What does that invitation look like, though? That's what I want to talk about. I mean, we know what an invitation is, right? Like, hey, why don't you come? Why don't you come check this out? Why don't you come along with me? Why don't you come over for dinner? We know what an invitation is, but what is the invitation that Jesus sends us to make look like? What does it look like? Well, I'm going to propose that there's three types of invitations that really all of us are sent to make. Three types, and they kind of build one off the other. And the first type of invitation we're sent to make is we're sent to invite people to relationship. Or you could say to friendship. We're sent to invite people to friendship. A lot of times, you know, when we hear that mission statement, if you're like me anyway, uh, we're sent to love people and invite them to follow. I think, oh, so I'm sent and I just got to be out there all the time sharing the gospel. All the time just preaching at people. Um, I got to be weird. I got to, you know, that's what. No, no, no. First, the first thing you're sent to do is you're sent to invite people to relationship. To invite them to friendship. To get to know them. To, to invite them into your life. You know, because we get really fired up. Do you ever do this? You get really fired up. I'm going to invite somebody. You know, I'm going to invite them to come to church. I'm going to invite them. And they don't respond. You're like, ah. And so you do it again. You get yourself all worked up and you finally like, uh, would you come to church? Ah, they don't want to come. Why is that? Well, for somebody who maybe doesn't know anybody at our church but you, that's a really scary thing for them. If you thought it was scary for you to invite them, imagine for them to come to a place where they know no one or where they maybe haven't been since they were a child. It's hard for them. I wonder, do you remember uh, this spring? Do you remember the Pearl? Do you remember that series we did this spring? We did this short uh, five-week series, or about four weeks, excuse me, called The Pearl. And The Pearl uh, was a short series on evangelism. And we looked at Matthew chapter 13, starting in verses 45, verse 45 and then into verse 46. And in that passage, Jesus tells this parable where he says, the kingdom of God is like a pearl. It's like a pearl. And, and he said, um, evangelism, I believe he's telling us, then is like helping someone find this pearl. Here's what he writes. Here's what he says, excuse me, in his parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who's in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. He found this one pearl that was worth so much that he's, He's sold everything to be able to purchase this pearl. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like that. Becoming a Christian is like that. That it, it's, it's a gain. It's a gain. And so if we're going to help people meet Jesus, what we're inviting them to is, is great gain. Now, not like health, wealth, gospel, right? Where, you know, you trust Jesus, you get rich, all your dreams come true. Actually, you trust Jesus and life gets pretty hard. But he promises good things in the end. And you're helping people find that pearl. We handed these out. Do anybody still have theirs? Still have it? You still pray for that person when you pull it out of your pocket, your friend? And, and that was it. That was, the pearl was an acronym, wasn't it? It was a buddy of mine uh, in Chicago came up with this acronym and uh, asked if I could use it at our church. And he's like, oh, absolutely. He was excited. And do you remember how it goes? What was the P? How does it start? Pray. So that pearl in your pocket was a reminder to pray for someone that you wanted to invite you wanted to invite into friendship, we're going to see, and, in, and then to church and to meet Jesus. And then there was, a, there was another letter. What was the E? Eat. Eat. 
How many of you eat? We all eat, don't we? You know, one of the best ways, and Jesus does this all the time, we see him all the time in scripture, eating with people. It's a great way to develop relationship and friendship. If you want a good idea of how, how do I invite somebody to friendship, invite them to your house for dinner. Grill some hot dogs, do something. Just invite them over. And then the A, what was the A? Ask. Yeah, ask. And and by asking, you're not asking, uh, would you like to know Jesus? I mean, hopefully you eventually ask that, but you you don't have to be weird about it. You're asking to get to know them. You're you're wanting to learn about them. Tell, Tell me your story. So what was that like for you growing up in that place? What was, ask about them. And then uh, be ready, though, because if you start asking about them, they're going to start asking about you, aren't they? And so you're going to have to be ready to reveal some things about you. That's the R. Reveal that you're a follower of Jesus. And in the midst of that, at some point, there'll be an opportunity, probably, to, to ask if they've ever trusted Jesus. They're going to hear that and learn that about you, and that's going to create some just natural conversations where eventually maybe you could invite them to meet Jesus, but... First, you're just inviting them to friendship. And no matter how they respond to that, the L was love, because we're sent to love. Well, if you lost your pearl, uh, we found one under our couch this weekend when we were moving stuff around um, that Charlie got a hold of. There's a whole whole bunch more out on the Connect desk you can grab as just another reminder. And um, don't sell everything to buy this one. They're fake. But... uh, but grab one and maybe be praying for that person and be a reminder to you that you're sent to invite them into relationship. And there's a lot, a lot of other answers too from scripture of what this might look like. I, I thought we'd maybe look at 2 Peter chapter four a little bit together this morning. Excuse me, 1 Peter chapter four. And in 1 Peter chapter four, starting in verse eight, Peter's writing um, as a pastor, as a leader to, to people who love Jesus. He says, above all, Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. We're sent to love people, and it begins right here. It begins in the church. Because, I mean, if we're not loving one another, how are we ever going to love other people? And Jesus says that people will know that you're really a Christian by your love for one another. Um, let me encourage you for a minute, though. As a church, do you know what the most common thing I hear from people who visit our church is? It was just so friendly and so loving, and people were so inviting to me. Now, there's exceptions to that, I know. But as a general rule, that, I mean, I heard, it, I heard it twice last Sunday. There's rarely a week that goes by I don't hear that from somebody. So good job. Keep it up. And let me tell you, just like Peter told the the church he was writing to, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Jesus said, that's how people will know there's something different about you. That's how people will know you're a follower of his, by how you love one another. You're doing good at it. Keep at it. Turn to your neighbor, give him a pat on the back, say, keep at it. now, Now really do it. Some of you are just sitting there. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, encourage him. See, Peter says, keep loving one another earnestly. Don't stop. Don't quit. Keep at it. And then he goes on. Look what he says in verse 9. He says, and by the way, show hospitality to one another. Show hospitality to one another. Well, what's hospitality? Do you know? 
You know what hospitality is. Here's a definition of hospitality I think is helpful. The friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. And oftentimes in the Bible, when hospitality is mentioned, it's specifically in reference to those who are on the outside, to strangers. And, and in that day, as people would travel, uh, many couldn't afford to stay at an inn. So part of the command to be hospitable to one another, especially to others within the church, was to let them stay at your house while they were traveling. Does that sound like a little bit of an inconvenience to anybody else? Like just to totally open up your home to somebody? I think that's why Peter goes on. He says, show hospitality to one another. How does he say to do it? Without grumbling. Without grumbling. I mean, some of you, if, you're, if we're honest, like even as I talked about that, you were kind of grumbling in your spirit going, I don't know. If, I'm glad I don't have to do that. Peter's right at you, man. He's like, no, you need to show hospitality without grumbling. See, um, it costs us something to show hospitality. It costs us something to love other people. It costs us something to invite someone new into friendship. It costs time. It might cost energy. It might cost resources. It's costly. It might cost being rejected if they don't really care for you. It's okay. Peter tells us we're told to show hospitality. And friends, if we're going to invite people to relationship, it requires hospitality. Hebrews chapter 13 says this, uh, same thing as Peter said, brotherly love continue. And then in verse two, do not neglect to show hospitality. See, Peter told us to one another, in Hebrews it says to strangers. For thereby some have even entertained angels unaware. Um, I'll be honest, this is a challenge for me. I'm more of an introvert. I'd, I'd rather just kind of, I don't know, it'd be easy for me just to kind of hole up and be a hermit. Maybe not quite that far, but you know what I'm saying? I'm, you're, anybody else's personality a little more introverted like that? Um, well, my wife has had a really great idea that we're gonna try here starting in a couple weeks to really grow in this together as a family, as a couple. And uh, it, it was, it was her idea. So don't think I'm cool because of this. It's Hannah. Um, so we're, here's what we're going to do. In the neighborhood we live in, most of the houses are fairly small, and most of them are one story. We, we have a, and the lots are fairly small too. By God's grace, the lot that we have is kind of in the corner, and so it wedges out, and we've got like this huge backyard, and uh, we've got a basement and a, a garage and stuff. And so just you look around, and just the people who have those, those corners have a little bit bigger lot because of the, the way it's shaped. And it's kind of like, okay, that wasn't on accident. What did, what did God give us this for? And uh, one of the things we're going to start doing is Taco Tuesday for our neighborhood. Some of you want to move to North Park? Anybody? <laughs> here's, what, here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to start uh, either this week or next week. It'll probably be another week yet before we get going, waiting for some grass to grow in the backyard so it's not too big of a mess. We're just going to invite all of our neighbors. So for those of you who live in my neighborhood, I know there's a bunch of you. You're invited. Um, you're going to get something in your mailbox that says, hey, why don't you come over for Taco Tuesday? And every Tuesday, we're going to grill up a bunch of meat uh, or cook up a bunch of meat for tacos. And we're just going to ask everybody to bring uh, one topping over for the tacos. And whatever shows up, that's what we'll eat together. And we're going to have a start time and an end time and come on over, hang out. And we just want to get to know our neighbors. And we're going to invite them to friendship. 
Because some of our neighbors we don't know, some we do know. Um, but it's probably the same for you too, isn't it? And so we're just kind of stepping out there. We don't know. It's, it's going to cost something. It's going to cost some resources to buy meat for tacos. It's going to cost um, some time and cleanup. It's going to cost potentially uh, messing up the house. It's going to cost something. But it's worth it. We're sent to, to invite people to friendship. And part of that starts with showing hospitality. So maybe you can, if you want to steal that idea for your neighborhood, go ahead. I think Hannah actually got it from, from someone else too. So just steal away. It's all yours. Start up Taco Tuesday. Let us know how it goes. The, the other thing, Peter keeps going though. Another way you can invite someone to friendship is by serving them. Look, he says in verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Did you know that you're gifted? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a spiritual gift, I think plural gifts. And that either way, you have talents and abilities that God has given you, and he's given you those to serve other people. You know, uh, why do you have them? It's to serve, not just to gather, not just to grow, but to go and to serve people. Um, What is it that you're good at? See, Peter says, serve one another. You've received a gift, use it to serve. What are you good at? What are you talented at? Surely you're good at something, and you're probably good at something that I'm not good at. And I'm maybe good at some things that you're not good at. And so we can serve one another, and we can serve our community by using those gifts. Uh, For me, you know, some of my gifts, being able to teach on a Sunday morning, that's a way I can serve you. Um... Music is a way I can serve, different things like that, to serve other people. What is it for you? Where are you serving? How are you serving? You know, last Sunday, we had a big celebration, right? And I've, I, I messed up. One of my gifts is not always, I'm kind of thinking ahead, and I'm not always thinking in the moment sometimes. And uh, I, I failed to thank some really key people who helped last Sunday get pulled off. Who, who was here last Sunday? Did you have fun? It was a blast, wasn't it? We heard one little girl walk by go, it's like the fair. <laughs> she was so excited. But um, I, I owe a huge thank you, and we do as a church, to, to Mandy, or Mandy uh, Jackson and Karina Wilkinson. Is Mandy back there? I can't see you in the light. They're both back there. And, yeah. Listen, they're, they're good, really good at things that I'm not good at. Some of the organizational skills, some of the detail, all that sort of stuff, they're 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 five-star at. And they did all of that to serve other people last Sunday, to serve you, to serve our church, ultimately to serve Jesus. But you know, when you're inviting someone to friendship, that's a great way you can invite them is simply by serving them. Jesus said it'll be different among you. You'll serve one another and love one another. See, uh, Peter goes on, he says then, based on, you know, you have a gift, use it to serve. Whoever speaks, speak as one, who speaks oracles from God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hey, what are you good at? Where are you serving? Where are you serving? It's a way to love people, invite them to friendship. Maybe if you go serve with your 110 group, you'd wear those sent to love shirts when you go serve together. And then somebody might ask you, what's that about? And whoa, big door. 
You can start talking with them. See, you're not just sent, though, to, to love and to invite them to friendship. I, I think the second thing of these three, uh, you're sent and I'm sent to invite people, not just to friendship, but to church. And I, I debated putting to family in this because really that's what church is. It's family. You're inviting people to church. You know, Jesus made two primary calls to people. His first call to people was, come and see. Uh, in John 1, he said to them, uh, somebody, one of the, the, his followers said, where are you staying, by the way? He said, well, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. What Jesus was doing is he was inviting them into relationship, and he was saying, come and see who I am. I think for us, as we invite people to church, as we invite them uh, to join us together on a Sunday morning as part of our family, you're inviting them to just come and see. What's that church about? Well, come see. Come check it out. Come and see. It's it's an important invitation. And in fact, um, it's a huge invitation because more and more today, cultural Christianity is dead. You know what cultural Christianity is? Cultural Christianity, 10, 15, 20 years ago, uh, people a lot of times would just show up at church because that was the culturally acceptable thing to do. It still is a little bit in our culture and in rural America, but less and less. And if you get into the city or into the suburbs, it's not that way at all. Cultural Christianity is dead. See, cultural Christianity was if I'm a politician, I better go to church so I can meet some people and get some votes. Cultural Christianity was, if I own a business, I better you know, go to church and meet some people so I can get more customers. Or cultural Christianity was, I moved into this neighborhood. If I want to get to know people, I should probably go to church. That doesn't exist anymore. And, and things have been kind of weeded out to where uh, there's no social benefit necessarily, less and less anyway, of going to church. So it's important that we invite people. It's rarer and rarer that people, especially those who don't know Jesus, are just going to show up on their own. Now, people who are, you know, followers of Jesus and looking for a new church, maybe moved into the neighborhood, they might show up. But that neighbor of yours who's never been to church since they were a little kid coming to Awana, if then, they're not coming unless someone invites them. Will it be you? I wonder if it'll be you. Um, Who have you invited recently? Did you know that um, I, there's a statistic that before a person ever becomes a follower of Jesus, on average, it takes them meeting 5.2 Bible-believing Christians and having some kind of a friendship or relationship with them. Now, I don't know who the point two is, but that means at least five. It means more than five. Unless you have a really big family... Uh, you're going to have to invite them somewhere besides just the friendship, aren't you? You have to invite them to church, to your small group. You're going to you, you got to invite them somewhere. They, they've got to see it in action among other people. Who are you inviting? Um, Travis, you ready? I didn't give him really any warning what I was going to do. I just texted Travis and said uh, a little bit of what I was doing this morning in my message and uh, one thing with Travis is Travis's story kind of reflects this a little bit of the friendship to church and then ultimately to Jesus. Um, Travis, um, and Travis and I are neighbors. We were really close neighbors, like across the street from one another. Um, tell us a little bit of your story for those who maybe don't know it. How, how did you end up here? Okay, uh, let's see. 
this goes, I, when I was growing up, I wasn't, I didn't go to church or anything like that. Um, I got my girlfriend pregnant when I was just out of high school. Uh, we had two kids, got married. That didn't work out, got divorced, uh, started dating Trisha. We got married. Um, we moved into North Park about 10 years ago, um, just across the street from Josh. Thought he was the weird, weird guy. He always had young kids at his house. <laughs> I was the youth pastor yeah, at that time. he was the youth pastor at that time. But we didn't know that. Um, it probably did look kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, son, my oldest son, Andy, started hanging out with him and coming to J-Box and Salt Company. And uh, it kind of started off when Andy got an invitation to your guys' wedding. Um, so we all went as a family. And I remember sitting there and... Uh, you guys sat right over there, didn't you? I can't remember, I remember you being remember there. I remember where we sat. Over there? Okay. Like I said, right over there. Yeah. (laughs) I remember it. (laughs) I don't remember. Uh, Anyway, so um, just seeing the joy in your and Hannah's faces that day was was eye-opening to me. I'm like, man, they're really happy. I want that. So it started to work in my mind then that what do they have that I don't have? And Ultimately, it was Jesus, but um, that was like the furthest thing from my mind at that time. And uh, so going further, my grandma moved to town, and she was looking for a church, and she started coming here. So she started to invite me to come on Sundays, and I was like, no, that's not for me. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, Josh was going to take Andy and his friend Kyle to a Cubs game, and Jokingly, I said, hey, Andy can't go unless I get to go. <laughs> and Josh is like, well, come along. So we brought, he brought uh, both me and Kyle's dad along with us. And I got to hear Josh's story then. And I got to thinking, was like, what, what can I, can I do to repay this guy for paying for my ticket and invite me to come to Cubs game? I was like, well, I guess I could go to his church because he was lead pastor <laughs> by then. <laughs> so the... The first, my grandma kept asking me if I would come to church. So I was getting hit by both sides, your friendship, and then grandma was hitting me. And uh, I was like, Ugh. so finally, uh, November 12th of 2012, wow. uh, I decided to come with my grandma to church. And just like Josh said, everybody says when they come to this church, it feels like a family. Lonnie was one of the first people that greeted me. Uh, it, was, it just felt like family. It just felt natural. Um, and plus, we were going over Revelation. I was like, this story is really good, so i got to come <laughs> back. So I came, kept coming back every week, and Trisha eventually started coming with me. And uh, then we went to a basketball game together and I was really starting to get on fire. Like I want more information, Josh. I remember telling you that in the car. Was that the Notre Dame game? That was the Notre Dame Baylor women's basketball game. And, uh, I was like, Josh, I just want more. And, uh, and it kept building until, uh, good Friday service here where we had to nail a piece of paper that said Jesus died for, and you put your name into a, just a 
block of wood. And it hit me then, and uh, it hit Trisha then. And, uh, yeah, so got baptized on Father's Day that year. Andy got baptized in September that year. Katie got baptized the following year in May. And Brady hasn't been baptized yet, but he's a, he's a believer too. So it has affected my entire family all the way down. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm taking that from you. But um, Travis, thanks, man. It's, a, it's, a, it's an example. In, I never expected that all this to happen. You know, I, like I said, I was taking Andy and Kyle to a Cubs game, and Travis said that, and I'm like, I don't really know. It might be a good opportunity. Why don't you guys come along? And um, so you guys came, and it, it's amazing how that little invitation resulted in, really, it's, it's an eternal difference, isn't it? Going to a Cubs game. And they won the World Series. No, that doesn't have anything to do with that it. That was before they were good. That was before they, that was before they were good. Before they were yeah. good. But hey, give Travis a hand. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Love you. I wonder, who are you inviting to friendship? Who are you inviting to church? We want to make this easier for you. So some of the ushers have a bunch of these. They're going to come and start passing these out now. And you can take as many as you like. But we made these little cards. And there's some at the Connect desk. If you lose, lose a couple, take a couple, take a bunch. I don't care. Stick them in your wallet, your, your purse, something. And it's just a you're invited card. And it's an opportunity. Maybe you're, you developed a friendship with somebody. And you're, you've invited them. And you want to invite them again. It's just a little formal invitation just to say, hey, why don't you come check out our church? Come meet these people. See if they're as weird as me. Invite, invite them. There's a little map on the back, and we're going to have these available. They're always going to be available at the Connect desk. Grab one or grab a, grab a few, and uh, you can begin to use those. I keep a handful in my truck now and just uh, carry in places with me if I go in. But we're going to help you invite people to church. You don't know over time what, what might happen. And they need an invitation. Come and see. The third piece, then, the third invitation is this. We're sent not just to invite them to friendship and to, relation, or to relationship and to church, but ultimately to invite people to Jesus. There's a story in the Bible of a woman who's an incredible outcast. You've probably heard this story. She, uh, she's been married multiple times. Uh, now she's uh, divorced. And she's going out to get water for herself. And rather than go in the cool of the day in the early morning or late evening when everybody else was out getting water, she went in the heat of the day. And she did that because I think she just didn't want to run into anybody. She was ashamed of who she was and what had happened to her and both what she had done and what had been done to her. And this one day she goes out there and somebody's sitting against the well and uh, he says to her, he says, um, you know, I can, I can give you water so that you'll never thirst again. Can you imagine for this woman what that might have been like? Never thirst again? Unending water? It's like, I don't ever have to come back here. I don't ever have to walk back into my shame and walk back into the things uh, that the people say about me and a reminder of all the things that I've done wrong. 
give me some of that water. Where do I get it? Well, of course, that was Jesus, right? And he goes on to tell her things about who she is, and she becomes a follower of his. And in that instance, she, she runs back to town. It says in verse 28 of chapter 4 of John, the woman left her water jar beside the well, and she ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. She was sent and she invited people to Jesus. But imagine, see, that's what that invitation is. The invitation to Jesus is for somebody to to receive water so that they never thirst again and never have to walk back into the shame of their sin. Never have to walk back into the guilt of what they've done, but to be totally free from it forever. That was this woman's experience. And, and we're called to invite people. Jesus tells this parable in Luke chapter 14. He said to the man who had invited him, he was invited to a banquet. He said, when you give a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said, said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. See, this guy was, was an Israelite. He uh, believed the Old Testament and he believed there was a banquet coming. And he's just like, yeah, right on, Jesus. Blessed will be everybody who eats at that banquet. And Jesus, it says, but Jesus said to him, he tells a parable in response to that. He says, a man once gave a banquet and he invited many. It it was customary in those days, if you were going to have a party, to make two invitations to somebody. The first invitation was to, to announce the event. So he said, a man once gave a great banquet and he invited many. And if, if nobody seems to decline that first, the first invitation, then a second one goes out to those who don't decline. See, it didn't appear anyone had declined this time, so the man made final preparations in order to have enough for everybody at his big banquet. And then the second invitation went out, and it told guests that everything was ready. It's time to come right now. Nobody declined the first one, so the second one went out. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all began to make excuses. The first said to him, "Ah, you know what, I bought a field, and I've got to go see it. Please let me be excused. It's a lame excuse. You really think this guy bought a field and he hadn't seen it yet? He had seen it. Come on. How about this next guy? Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I've got to go examine them. Please have me be excused. Again, would, would, he, would he buy five yoke of oxen and never having, you know, just sight unseen? I doubt it. Another said, oh, I've, I've married a wife, therefore I cannot come. This guy blames his wife. <laughs> Bad plan. But, but you're, you're telling me like he didn't know he was getting married when the first invitation went out? Why didn't he decline then? And why? Well, the servant came and reported these things to his master, and the master of the house became angry. He said to his servant, 
Fine, go out quickly then to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. He's like, listen, we're gonna fill up this banquet then. If the people who are invited don't wanna come, we're gonna invite everybody else. And he invites them in. And the servant comes back. He's like, the servant said, sir, what you've commanded has been done and there's still room. There's still room. And the master said to the servant, well, then go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be full. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. There was a first invitation given by God through Moses back in the Old Testament, you know, to follow him, to choose to obey and choose blessing and that there would be a Messiah coming and there's this invitation all throughout the Old Testament. And then Jesus shows up and he says, like, the banquet's ready. And there were certain people who were rejecting it and had turned from that. Even though they didn't reject the first invitation, they were rejecting him. And so Jesus opened up salvation to everybody, to any who would come. Not just Jewish people, but Jews and Gentiles, which are people who aren't Jews. That'd be you and me, most of us, right? To anyone who would come. And even after everybody had been invited in, guess what? There's still room. There's still room. There's room for more. So Jesus says, go out, invite more. Compel people to come in. Invite them to friendship. Invite them to church. Invite them to me. Who have you invited? Who are you inviting to friendship? Who are you inviting to church? Who are you inviting to Jesus? See, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And one of the things, friends, we're sent to do is we're sent to invite. Who will you invite in the coming days, weeks, months? Let me pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your grace to us through him. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you sent him to invite us to relationship. To, to invite us into his family, to invite us to himself. And we're sent to do the same thing. So Jesus, help us to, uh, to be willing to sacrifice to do that, to, uh, to love people and invite them into our homes and into friendship and invite them to church and we pray they might respond, that they'd get to know more of your people. And then we pray too, Jesus, that, that they would eventually even respond to the call from you to to know you. And our job is simply to come alongside and love them and invite them. And Jesus, you're the one who changes their heart. And so we trust you with that. If if you're here this morning and you're hearing some of these things and maybe you heard Travis's story, you heard some of of, of God's word and maybe you heard about the woman at the well and you said, you know what, Um, I'm, I'm walking in all kinds of shame all the time and I can't imagine somebody would invite me to friendship or would invite me to relationship. Well, you're loved. You need to know that. You're loved by Jesus. You're loved by us. And Jesus said, whoever would simply call upon him and believe in him would be saved. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good Jesus is. And he offers to make you new and to make you clean if you would simply turn to him. It's called repentance, is turning. Admit you need a savior, admit you can't do it on your own, and ask Jesus to save you, and he promises to be faithful to do that.
Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. And we pray all of this through him. Amen.